All right, everybody, welcome back to the GGWP. It's the Geeks and Gaming Worldwide podcast, and it's the first podcast for 2020. Holy crap, we we were off the air for a while, but we're back, baby. I am Pyrotechnics, of course, and today I'm joined by Chase Wassenaar. Our lovely uh, co-host, Magical, is a little under the weather, so he won't be joining us for the first pod of 2020. But how are you doing, Chase? You know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm enjoying a new lovely scenic view of L.A., because I have moved since the last time the lovely people at home uh, have heard from us. So, uh, don't get very jealous, excited. Don't get jealous, don't get jealous, don't get jealous, don't get jealous. What, sorry? <laughs> Look, man, you're going to be joining me soon enough. And then the G. I know, I just need to get that apartment. Oh, baby. We're so close to reaching our true power. And then the podcast is just going to be unstoppable. Just letting you guys know this is like. This is like the filler episode of like of, of Dragon Ball where they they've got all the Dragon Balls but they're in different locations and they need to just drag them together and then they can make a wish. Uh, that's basically where we're at right now. You know, I've been podcasting for five years and I'm not sure that calling anything a filler episode at the top of the show is the strongest marketing play I've heard. It's a bold choice. All right, I will say we'll take it out in editing. <laughs> we won't actually take it out in editing. No, we'll do it live here. That's how we do things nowadays. Uh, well, I mean, we do record the episodes ahead of time, and right now we're recording on Tuesday, the fourteenth. But we still got a, a good week and some change to go before uh, some of the big lull esports stuff kicks off. But some already has started. You know, I, I know your uh, your favorite team out east there, IG. They started off with a big win. Should we should we dive into that before we uh, go with everything else? Yeah, look, I'm always happy to start with an IG win, though I will say, as far as wins go, they made me sweat it out quite a bit. Uh, this was there was not... a lot of sweating involved. Yeah, I look, we won, and that's all that matters. But God, this is a sloppy game in a sloppy meta. I am not convinced by the current balance state of the game. I, I think we're in a little bit of a, a mess right now. You're telling me you don't like Elemental Rift? I, <laughs> you know, I, I always try to be patient it's with it. It's the future, Chase. I, I'm trying to adjust. I'm trying to give it a chance. But every game I've seen so far, it seems like teams just haven't figured it out. And it's causing more chaos than it adds strategic uh, insight. And I'm just tired um also senna is not helping uh that is a champion that no, i know no is absolutely um, busted what, and... what was his name that new play the new ad carry uh oh, Aphilios. Uh, uh, we haven't even seen that yet Aphilios yeah, oh, is... Aphilios. no i'm talking about i'm talking about the uh the player um that played senna that i saw oh, in, uh, Puff. i don't think it was that serious puff yeah yeah uh my boy looks good and then and then every single twitter analyst that i know of and like actual analysts were like yeah he's not that good senna's just that good i'm like oh okay one million range. Yeah, look, I uh, I'm glad that uh, that he's here, but these were Vici Gaming bot laners, right? Like this was not a good bot lane last year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Puff and Southwind hold over the course of the season. I mm-hmm. I'm not convinced by them yet. And yes, Senna really helps. It turns out. You know what also helps the shy. Uh, the having the shy on your team. Who might be the best? I, I want to ban world. him from playing Aatrox, though. Uh, other, otherwise, I think he's fine. I would like to second this motion. I too would not <laughs> like to see his Aatrox if we could avoid it. We're we're in agreement. But we're uh, in agreement. But I hey, like Fly Fly will figure it out. Uh, you know, he hasn't been there for very long. Former SKT coach. I, I think he'll uh, he'll figure out their strengths and weaknesses as individual players. That's speaking of of Koreans finding their way into the LPL, man. How about Khan? Uh, that was some. 
That was some interesting 1v1s up top. I like that he locked in Fiora that series and was like, I'm going to I'm going to go boss mode on the shy. Uh it, it was it was pretty even for a while. He didn't get the W, but not a bad 1v1. Yeah, no, look, it turns out Khan is really good at this whole League of Legends thing. And I think that he fits in very well to the LPL mentality and that he is always ready for that fight. If you want to take him on in a skill challenge, he's just going to smile and nod and be ready to go. And I think that that's... He was the opponent. Exactly right. Look, I'm, I'm excited to have him there. I'm excited to see how the LPL shakes up because I do believe China is the best region. I think that it's only... Uh, increasingly becoming so as we see these teams making such big investments into these really cool facilities and the infrastructure gap is starting to turn in their direction, which has just been kind of fascinating to see. And the higher than what you would expect in Korea paychecks, I'm sure, don't hurt either. Um, so it's it's nice to see players like Khan going and immediately looking to make a statement. Uh, it seems like by this point, the LPL has done a pretty good job of learning how to incorporate Koreans into the system. And I can only imagine how good Khan's going to look when he's had more time to get used to his Chinese teammates. Absolutely. Now, if only if only some of that money could go into getting uh, the English broadcast enough casters to cover every single game. Don't get me wrong. I like what we have right now, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, some of the guys that are currently over there. I'm, I'm happy to see guys like uh, Dagda and Munchables uh, getting a big shot alongside uh, Blood Penguin. But... Um, we still have an unofficial English broadcast. I do want a little shout out to, to Opal there for, you know, making that kind of his baby for the last year plus. And uh, even even our very own Magical is going to be a part of that. He's just uh, not here to give the shout out himself. He's currently under the weather. Yes, a healthy version of Magical will be a part of that. And it's going to be great to see. It is unfortunate that the community is forced to do this and that Riot hasn't made it a priority uh, it seems like they certainly have more than enough money coming in, uh, specifically from the LPL, that they could justify doing so. I don't understand the priority. It does seem like, in general, Riot broadcasts have been making decisions over the last couple of years to cut back where they think they can, rather than expand. And I'm not sure I agree with the priorities. I'm sure that their numbers tell them that there are other things that they should be investing in. And we're seeing the scope of their plans and non-esports titles really coming to fruition over the last couple months. But uh, yeah, unfortunate that it's being left to the community. Very fortunate that the people in the community who are doing so are people that I think are going to do a great job. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. And there's always going to be people that will fill in that gap. It is just unfortunate that that gap exists to begin with. But what can you do? And for the time being, you know, big shout outs to the unofficial and the official English broadcast of the LPL for bringing us all that good stuff. But this is not an LPL podcast. I, I wanted to open with it because that's what started already. We have a lot of other league ahead of us. But before we get into all of that, uh, Chase, we should talk about what's going to be new and exciting for us in 2020 because we've been in the back kind of cooking up some changes on the podcast and, and on the type of content we want to be doing. Uh, so let's start to talk about that a little bit. First off, the big change is we're pretty much all esports and gaming now on the podcast itself. We're going to be really boiling it down. We're, we're doing, we're putting it on a simmer heat. We're reducing this to the elements that everybody loves and enjoys. So you'll be getting just a little bit more of the esports and gaming content and all that other good spice and seasoning you'll see in other places, but, but not on the audio only format. Yeah. You know, I think we've decided that this particular show 
you know, we have three people who uh, each have a special focus in esports, and it seems kind of silly to not take advantage of that when we have the opportunity. Uh, I do think that we will potentially be adding shows to this channel, and I don't want to spoil anything yet, mostly because part of my scheming has been done in secret from Pira himself. But mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I think that there are going to be opportunities for different types of content. But what we want to do is we want to give you guys the opportunity to pick what you're interested in. If you want to do the gaming and esports stuff, this is going to be the gaming and esports show. If you're looking for something different, we've got other shows that we think uh, we'll be adding uh, over the course of the year that will fit that mold. And there will be special episodes and things that I'm sure we'll do because we've done a couple of those in the past and had fun with Next them, week's going to be pretty special, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. So Power I, rankings! Yay! Oh God, yeah, I still have to do mine. And I'm uh, not... If it's going to be as tough as the K-pop shenanigans power rankings, plug, 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 uh, that I just finished up, uh, it's going to be absolutely brutal. So... Uh, power rankings are uh, interesting and only serve to make us feel dumb three months from now. Well, and I can't wait. Here's the thing. You'll be a little insulated because we're only going to be doing Western power rankings, right? It's just LEC and LCS. Uh, yeah. As someone so who was so convinced by agonize over where to put IG. Great. Yeah. No, that yeah, of course. Out. Easy. Definitely. 100%. What do you mean? You don't believe in Ryoma? My boy from Os? I'm telling you, man. Buy I, stock now. I plead the fifth, your honor. Um, <laughs> that one's just... All right. Well, this one's going on the record. This is going on the record. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, and, of course, next week, uh, we are officially announcing next week, is the GGWP Power Rankings episode where we will be ranking the LEC and LCS teams 1 through 20. Uh, although I kind of want to put a couple NA Academy teams above some LCS teams, but we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, what a weird, what a weird uh, place the LCS is in. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of different and interesting content um, coming to the pipe. Don't make any promises just yet because we are still conceptualizing some stuff and how frequently we'll be doing it, but keep an eye on the horizon for that. And of course this will be under our now announced geeks and gaming worldwide productions label. Yeah. It's still the same GGWP, but the last word changed. Yes, and it changed in such a way that we could do a more diverse range of things. You know, I've been really enjoying Chase's Corner, and hopefully you guys have too. Uh, and now we'll have... It is a highlight the, of my week. Yeah, but now we'll have the opportunity to maybe do a few different things, something that I can't fit into a couple minutes, or perhaps they could use uh, some visual touches to really accentuate some points. Uh, this is something I've wanted to do for a while, but... Uh, just because of uh, where I was and, and what my life was looking like at the time. Uh, time was a factor. Now I am feeling some, the creative juices are flowing and I've got some things I want to share with you guys. So we're going to have some sort of YouTube content coming again. We're keeping things kind of vague because we don't want to make any promises yet. But the Geeks and Gaming Worldwide Productions, we, we have a larger scope in mind. We're very excited for what's to come, and we hope that you're excited too and will come with us on this journey because it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited, but you know what else I'm excited for? Mm. I'm excited for the LEC because I want the LEC back so I can spam in the chat. What a banger <laughs> that we had uh, ourselves treated to today, Chase. The, uh, the it, I want to call it a jam band is basically what the LEC talent crew uh, threw together. Yeah. Uh, and... It, it was, it was, that song slaps, dude. It's fun. It's in my head. It's a lot of fun. It is in it's, my head. It is no LPL teaser for the spring split, which was an amazing video in and of itself, but. That's apples to oranges, my dude. I know, I know. It's very good. I, I appreciate, you know, the LEC has done a very good job of trying different types of content over the last year 
uh, ever since franchising went through. And I feel like they're really putting North America to shame. I'm hoping that North America steps up this year. Uh, well, look, no the... one's going to beat Captain Flower's dance moves, as we've just seen on, on Twitter. True. Uh, immortalized on, uh, I believe it was Portillo's tweet. But Captain Flower's said... hard-carrying, for sure. He, he really does. This is the problem, though, is Captain Flowers does hard carry because that man can put everyone on his back. He is, he is just a large, sturdy person. Uh, but <laughs> the LEC is a team effort when it comes to the talent show, man. I am I, I, They've been making some great content, and obviously they have some great, uh, some great stuff on broadcast and off broadcast. you got to think of uh, the Euphoria podcast is, is a great show that they've been, they've been doing for over a year now. I'm looking forward to seeing not just what they produce, obviously, but what the new teams and the the change teams in the LEC this year will bring because we do have some news. Well, so why don't we why don't we drop right into it with uh, with our LEC preview, eh? Yeah, let's go. Uh, it's an interesting season to be sure. This is absolutely now. There's a couple of things we want to get out of the way just just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Obviously, the the teams joining this year, uh, you know, Excel Esports, Schalke, Fnatic, G2. The newly rebranded Mad Lions coming in and replacing Splice, but it is of note, it is the same organization. They purchased Mad Lions. They are using the Mad Lions branding, um, although they pretty much blew up their roster. We'll get to that in a minute. Misfits Gaming, Origin, Rogue, SK, and Team Vitality. So let's talk about what is different, and let's start with Mad Lions, because this is a team that they didn't just rebrand Chase. They got rid of everyone except their mid laner, which I think probably merits keeping. Humanoid was pretty solid. Uh, what do you think of this new lineup? You know, it's it's a fascinating move. I'm surprised that it went to the extent that it did just because, you know, this was a team that was competitive throughout the year. They were the third seed in the regular season. Uh, if you look at the 2019 summer split, they were a series away from qualifying for Worlds. Uh, after beating OG in, in Shelf, they just fell short to Fnatic, which that was a very good Fnatic team that, you know, had Spring fallen a little bit differently, probably wouldn't have been in that play-in. And we're talking about, uh, you know, Splice potentially going to Worlds. Um, what, what this tells me is that they are banking on long-term potential. You know, this is now a younger roster that is very focused on uh, you know, people who played either in the Splice system or in the Mad Lion system uh, or Mouse Esports even, uh, if you're in the case of Shadow. Uh, they're really banking on these young talents that they think are going to develop into the kind of team, you know, looking at it maybe as this year's uh, SK Gaming. You know, it's it certainly, uh, you lower costs that way if you're trying to figure out uh, the best way to uh, get your bang for your buck. Uh, you build a team that you think you can re-sign. You know, try to be rogue is really the dream, uh, where that you then keep those players on after a year of experience, and you hope that uh, that time really bonds them together in a way that convinces them to stick around for a long-term experiment. I, I just, I don't... The, the question you have to ask is, do you believe that Splice hit their peak? Do you believe that that Splice roster had done uh, everything that it was going to accomplish? Well, top eight at Worlds is not is not a bad thing to to go out on. I will I will leave that there, but I think this is they wanted something new, right? They wanted they wanted to first off they couldn't keep the same roster because Chachi retired. So no matter what, that's out the window. Yeah, that's already probably your most notable. And well, Kobe's gone. Who was their best player? player. I would and argue that, that's the other thing. And Kobe Kobe got picked up. Kobe went over to NA. So already your two fundamental pieces of your puzzle 
are gone. So at this point, why not just buy another Jigsaw puzzle? They kept Humanoid, which I agree with. I think Humanoid, Humanoid had a good year. Um, I wouldn't say it was great, but he had a good year. Uh, and they've added some, they've added some pieces to this puzzle that I think can be something they built off. Uh, the best known one in my mind is Karzi. Uh, this is a name that's floated around the, uh, you know, not, not Challenger. I wanted to say Challenger. I'm like, well, Challenger hasn't existed for years, but the, the European regional league scene for some time. Um, I think the best known team he was on was like big and maybe before that, like ad hoc gaming. So he's been around and he's played with some players that have LCS or LEC experience. He's, he's another Czech player. He's very young. Um, I mean, this is another one of those post 2000, uh, players. Um, he's, he's 17 years old. If I'm reading his, is, uh, almost 18. If I'm reading his, um, bio correctly here on, on Leaguepedia and you know, it's, it's young talent that's been around for a while. That's been playing for a number of years, but just hasn't gotten that big shot. So it's, it's always a risk, but I mean, anytime you pick up talent, it's going to be a risk if they haven't proven themselves on a big stage yet. And I think Mad Lions, you know, formerly Splice, are a team that are in a position where, despite their results as Splice, they still don't have a huge weight of expectations on them, which is a blessing and curse, right? Because Splice was always that team that you forget existed despite the fact that they were good. Yeah, well, and that comes down to the marketing, which is why they're obviously rebranding. They believe Mad Lions has a much larger presence in Splice, despite the fact that Splice was in the it league It does for in years. Spain. And, I, and it does. I think they were correct. And that says a lot about uh, Splice not necessarily taking advantage of the opportunities that they had during the time in which they were called Splice. But yeah, look, uh, if you're going to... Uh, you know, now that we're in franchising, there's no reason not to take a year to focus on young talent and see what you have. If you come up with some guys that could be that next wave, you have talent for years, right? I mean, as you said, Karzi's 17. If he turns out to be a top three, top five bot laner, that's a guy you want to grab that early on. Look at what his ceiling could be years down the line, right? You can play for this long game, and I think that if you know that you're not going to be contending for a title, if you don't believe that you're going to be contending for a world spot, it is better to go full young, like Rogue did last split, and really try to develop as much as you can, get them as much stage experience in a lower-pressure environment, and see what they can become, rather than try to put together some mishmash of players that are destined to be a 5 or 6 seed. Uh, which you I don't think... need a super team. You can you can build a good foundation, even if you don't make worlds this year. I think that's what you're trying to say, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You you can build for the future, and there's enough uh, stability now in the system that there's no reason not to. And I think that they made the right call on that. Um, I hope that that talent can continue to develop for sure. Speaking of super teams, uh, I was going to talk about a couple more more things in in, in news, but I, I kind of feel like this is a better transition. Let's not go into deep detail on every team. But uh, Schalke is kind of following that formula. And that's mostly because they picked up Forgiven now that he's eligible to play again. But also, like, this is a roster that's full of names that are either up and coming or were these, like, old veteran solid players or, in Gilius's cases, maybe not so solid, but, you know carry some weight in terms of what people think of them. I, I good am or amazed bad. that Gilius, like, <laughs> did no one watch him play last year? Like, he wasn't good. Like, he got dropped from his TCL team. He didn't even finish the split on Besiktas because he was he, he was either hard to work with or also not very good and didn't have a to, very good To answer your question, I'm going to say probably nobody watched that. It uh, seems like they should have. Or they could have watched Ad Hoc Gaming in which... 
I just, I don't think he has the deep enough pool to exist on an LCS level. I think he's going to be target banned. I think they're going to have a hard time in the early game. And I think Forgiven is not someone who suffers fools lately. I, I think he's someone who, at the very yeah. least, we know is hyper-competitive. And, you know, on the other hand, what did we see from Dreams that says that he's going to be the guy to enable a Forgiven type, right? Like, did he impress yeah, you this, last year? Yeah, this is an interesting... This is an interesting lineup. It, I, I just, I don't know what to make of it. This like, is exactly what I was saying on the <laughs> other end of it. This is the worst thing you can do because this screams six seed to me. This screams exiting first round of the playoffs. There's too much talent not to make the playoffs, but there's not enough talent to compete with a G2 or a Fnatic. There are too many weaknesses too easily exploited. So what are you doing? Do you really think that roster is making worlds? I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it with the level I also, of talent around him. I, I, I agree with you, but it you know there's always a potential that things hold together, but I'm going to predict that this is a team that looks strong out of the gates just on talent, but that slowly falls further and further behind and just ekes into the playoffs and, yeah, makes that exit. Um, and that's just spring is what I'm guessing is going to happen. We will see. And, again, I don't want to get too deep into it because that's going to be for our, our like full power rankings episode uh, next week. Hold on. But Before yeah, we move on, I do have to, I, as a betting man, I have to ask, what do you think are the odds that Gilius is still on FC Schalke by the end of the summer split? This episode brought to you by Unicorn. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, end, of, end of the split or end of the season? End of the season. End of 2020. Is he still on that roster? I'm going to say 50-50. I, think I know that that's is, boring. I think that's I think generous. it's a coin flip. I think that's generous. I think it's a coin flip. I think there's a 25% chance he's still on that roster. Now, by the way, end of the season versus start of the next season is a very different story. Sure. I, yeah, and I will I, not elaborate on that whatsoever. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I don't. I think there are a lot of strong personalities and not enough talent to justify them. But we'll see. We'll have see. Fun. And it led, led, led by Dylan Falco. So we'll see how all oh, that goes. And shout out, out. To, uh, to Darius, right? Didn't Darius just announce? Uh, that's true. Darius joined that squad as well. And good for him. And, and they're him, doing actually. a really yeah, cool Darius. fundraiser for the Australia Wildfires. They're going to be doing a 1v1 where they're having pro players go up against fans. And I think that's really awesome. And you should support that cause if you are financially able to do so. Really cool. That project. is something I can absolutely get behind. And we are going to link it in the show notes. So please do check that out in the description. See, I'm not uh, all cool. mean, Shulk. I might, be, I might have problems with your team, but I like you as, a, as an org, I swear. Hey. Heart's in the right place. I, mm. I appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of other news. I think I think the biggest thing, and I, it's it I, I think it's more or less confirmed, but I actually couldn't find an article outside of like just their Twitter going off about it. Uh, G two esports are gonna do a roll swap again, and this time it's caps back to mid, uh, caps in bot lane and perks back to mid. Is that is that confirmed or are they just memeing around still? Ah, they're memeing until proven otherwise. But they could. I mean, here's the thing. It, it sounds like anyway? it was going to happen. Since like they're con they're maintaining it. But you're right. They were they were officially flexing. Yes. Yeah, since when did we ever have the expectation that G2 was going to play a standard season? Since when did we think that G2 wouldn't try to do crazy roster moves? We've seen so many weird compositions and role swaps from them during but not, the season. Not, not changing players, just changing the roles around. And by the way, the reason that was given, and this was, this was again, the players could totally just be pulling one over on everybody, which would be... Also, like, galaxy brain level. I wish Magical was here so he could say big brain six times because uh, I don't have the patience for that. But from what the reports of the players were saying, from, from Yankos joking on his stream to, uh, to Perks himself saying it, is that Caps wanted to beat Reckless in his own lane. 
and that's why they're doing this. Yeah. Supposedly. I... Again, don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe it'll only happen against Fnatic. I'm excited to see it because G2 really is the gift that keeps on giving. G2 can do whatever they want until someone stops them. And so far, there has not been anyone in Europe who looks like they can stop them. It turns out when you have the two best players in the region on the same roster... I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, they can always switch back. They'll play They'll play him at whatever position the champion pools dictate each of them are strongest at the time, and they'll flex whenever they want to throw people off, and they'll do whatever it is that they do because they're G2 and no one else can be G2. Um, I'm just here for the madness. I'm having a great time with it. I'm willing to embrace wherever they take it. Uh, but but speaking of teams that are, that are going to try to stop them, I mean, the only team that's... I would say the only... The team that has come the closest and that still is a distant second is Fnatic and they have made one change Broxa is out he's of course gone over to North America to join Team Liquid and they picked up Selfmade from uh, SK Gaming now I guess it's not the only change they also got Mithy as a coach uh, welcome back to Europe Mithy what do we think about all of this because I feel like Fnatic maybe should have made more changes than they did uh, you know it's tough I mean the question is do you believe in Whippo and I think that's really what this comes down to uh, he I, had some high I moments. I don't know. Yeah, he, I don't know. At his best, he looks great. But you know, uh, if you liked watching Soaz be hot and cold for an entire season, let me tell you about Pwipo and how. Well, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying Soaz is the answer, by the way. Well, no, but, um, but that's exactly what you're getting right now. I think is a version of Soaz that doesn't quite show me the savviness for that once in a lifetime style play where. He pulls I also some think crazy he's a less tiltable version if we're if we're really comparing that, but you know. Yeah, hey. I, I, like I, I personally, I would have looked to upgrade at that position. Maybe it's possible that the market just wasn't there for that, and it wasn't an option for them. We'll never know for sure. Uh, but otherwise, like I like the bot lane. I think Reckless and Hillsang bounce off each other very well. I think Nemesis was very good, and I would argue uh, underrated. You know, it reminds me of Crown, right? Crown got so much crap in korea by netizens because when he beat faker in 2017 he was playing more supportive champions like malzahar there is nothing wrong with being a mid laner whose job is to enable the rest of your teammates and i think that now you have a mid laner who's very happy to roam and you're pairing him with a jungler who is very happy to play a more aggressive early game to get in people's faces to try to outduel them and get that early momentum going i think this can be a very scary team if they snowball the question is, who are you snowballing into? And if you're saying it's Blippo, that that's your primary carry, ah, not feeling great about that. But if you're telling me that it's Reckless, then Reckless has to become a very aggressive version of himself. And I, I think that the some of the claims of Reckless's passiveness have been overblown over the years, but certainly he is not what we think of as a hyper-aggressive bot laner by any means. And I think they're going to need to be if they're going to snowball through that lane. So Reckless needs Reckless needs Hillisang to get him riled up. Yeah. I'm just going to just put that out there. And I'm not saying it's like it's all Hillisang or nothing. It's just Hillisang needs to give him openings and encourage him to take those openings. He needs to give him 60-40s. And if he does that, Reckless is a skilled enough player if he recognizes it and he's in a good enough mindset to take advantage of it, that they can snowball bot lane. But that is a joint effort, and we will see. Uh, also, on that note, I expect Senna to be permabanned. And moving on. <laughs> yes, absolutely <laughs> yes. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do have one more thing for the LEC, because I don't want to get into every single team and their chances. Again, this is this is for next week, right? 
I do have one player I want to like highlight as I don't think he's going to take the league by storm. But I want to see what he does on the big stage because he hasn't had this chance yet. And it's Milica. This guy made a big splash in the European Masters a couple years ago at the very first one on a little team from the Balkans called Click Tech. And he just smashed everybody. The team did not make it that far after the first couple rounds. However, he's bounced around to bigger and better teams, making his way eventually up into Vodafone Giants, where he was all of last year. And now he's been picked up by Vitality, who've blown up most of their roster, uh, granted. But they've also added some some backbone in there that I think they're going to get a chance. This is going to be a team that's going to be under the leadership of Duke, who had a more or less decent proven track record as a part of Splice. I want to see what he personally can do, because I don't believe Vitality is a playoff team, especially not in the first split. But what I do believe is Milica is an insanely talented European mid laner, like in the very much EU mids man mold. And I want to see what he can do. And then when somebody with real money comes along and picks him up, inevitably like a split or two later. Yeah, I will see. I, <laughs> I, I believe in the player and I've heard good things as well. I don't know how I feel about that Vitality roster. Kavishard is real good and... This is what I wanted to get out there. Is like I, I don't know about the rest of the roster. I don't know comp. I don't really know skeins. I've seen Cabo Shard. I've seen Jack Troll. I know what Duke can do, but I do think Militza is going to have some flashy plays. I will uh, mark my words. He will play to the level of some of his opponents in this league. I yeah. I look. Uh, we have to have another EU mid laner lol memes, and it's either him or, or Gen X, and I think it's going to be him over Gen X. So I'm willing to uh, believe yeah, you on that jersey. Yeah. 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 Also, Febivan's back. Hey, welcome. Sure. Um, Great. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, let's go over to NA, <laughs> shall we? Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Let's talk about the LCS uh, because this is this is also an interesting year, and there's been a lot of changes as well, uh, both in branding, in players, uh, a lot more exterior talent coming in, and. What a time to be alive where some LCS Academy rosters appear on paper more stacked than their LCS counterparts. You want to comment on that before we get into the actual changes, Chase? I mean, look, Academy has the exact same problem we had last season, except potentially worse, which is not ideal. Uh, there are a lot of veterans in here that are too good to not be on a roster but not good enough to be in the LCS. And so we've stashed them away in Academy. So we have basically LCS rosters filled with players that these teams want to hold on to as assets and don't know what else to do with them. So I guess they might as well play Academy. And here's the thing, you know, I, cause I, I want to fight back against this idea. Um, cause a lot of Academy coaches have pointed out the idea that veterans are completely bad for Academy is overstated. You know, there can be a lot that young players can learn from veteran players. If only there were potentially veteran players on a main roster that they could learn from. Or perhaps you could build a scrim team like all of these other Korean orgs used to do that would allow you to do that. You know, just because you need veteran players working with these guys doesn't mean you have to play them in academy every week. You could have them as a coach. You could have... There are so many options you can do. And so when I hear that argument of like, well, we need these veteran players, we need these voices, my answer is, I agree, but why do they have to play on stage? 
And it's because they'd rather save money than go invest in more young talent. To which I say, that sounds like the problem, doesn't it? (laughs) That sounds like the same problem we had, except now it's aimed in a different direction because you could say, hey, at least we invested in a team. That's not what the problem was. The problem is we don't have enough young talent. This doesn't fix it. I... Ah, and, and here's the thing. I don't blame the teams and I don't blame the academy coaches. This is Riot's fault for building a system that is incentivized to work exactly this way. This is the academy system working as intended and we should acknowledge that and maybe consider whether that's a problem that we should work on. And there's your rant for the day. Uh, yeah, I'm I, so salty. I, I, <laughs> I really I, am. I agree with everything. I For the record, I want to let it show that I, I don't have any problem with academy or these players being in academy. It's just... I think a number of them can and should be on starting spots or at least rotating frequently onto those starting spots. And I just, I do not understand the obsession addiction that NA has with importing talent when there are good talented players in their own pool that are known and unknown. Uh, But you know, Hey, look, I spent most of my professional league of legends career uh, as a commentator in Europe. So uh, I feel like a little bit of a stranger in a strange land with all of this stuff. So let's just get into some of the more exciting things around the actual LA, uh, the NA roster, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. Well, let, let's let's kick things off with, uh, you know, we talked about some of the, the NA players that were going over to big rosters, uh, or EU players that were going over to big NA rosters. And I think the first one that's going to be on people's minds is going to be Broxa. Uh, he's going to be over on Team Liquid, uh, pending visa issues and all that other stuff. Um... But this is exciting, and I think for Team Liquid especially, I won't say he'll solve all their problems, but for the number one de facto North American team, I think it is fair to say they did have some issues this last year out of the jungle position, and Broxa comes in at a time when they could very well be looking to resolve those. I, I fight back against this idea that X-Smithy was the problem in the jungle. I understand that... I, I don't uh, think he a, was the problem. From a pure I think mechanical he was, level... I think he was meh. And meh's not enough to to do good at Worlds, is hey, all I'm saying. I got some bad news for you. None of these NA rosters are going to do well at Worlds because the problem goes way farther than uh, does this jungler have the best mechanics out there. I mean, look, what you're going to get, you're going to get about a 30% buff at minimum to the mechanics because Broxa is mechanically a more talented jungler than Xmithy, And you're going to get somewhere between 80 to 90% of the intangibles because Xmithy is one of the smartest players I've ever talked to uh, and is a guy who is a very good leader for a team, knows how to put his fellow players in a position to succeed. And... Broxa might be able to do that. I don't have reason to believe he can't do that, but I don't think that he had that same kind of leadership position in uh, Fnatic. And I think it's unfortunate that because of these visa issues, he's not going to have a lot of time before the season to really establish that communication and really establish where he fits in that shot calling system. A lot of that's going to be built before he gets there, though maybe Liquid would argue that that was always going to be the case anyway. I, you know, it's a fine move. I, I don't think it changes their ceiling. I think they are as good of a team as they were. I just think it's going to be a slightly different team. I think they will be stronger in the early game if their shot calling is good enough to execute on that, which typically they've not been a particularly fast team, no matter how big their lead was in the early game. Uh, and I think that they might make a couple more mistakes in the mid to late game, but they're too talented for it to matter, so they'll win NA anyway. 
Um, okay. Great. Congratulations, Liquid. I, Yeah, I don't know. I, it's not a bad move. I want to be clear. It's not a bad move. <laughs> I just don't think it's a move that changes the ultimate problem. All right. Well, and, let's see. Let's see if uh, there's another team that makes you think that there will be changes. And I don't mean changes in terms of world's performance. I mean changes in terms of domestics, um, because you've already made clear your opinion on NA at Worlds, and I think you're not in the minority there. Let's talk about TSM. Copy coming into the AD carry position. They brought in Biofrost once more for the support. Darducks in at jungle. Bjergsen Broken Blade still the same. What changes about this TSM in 2020? Uh. uh. God, this is so frustrating because I think there are bigger changes that were needed. Um, if you look at the article that uh, Sage wrote for Unicorn on uh, what went wrong with the Sven situation, among others, uh, I, I think oh, that yeah. we, there we are... covered that at, at length. Yeah, so not to get into that, but I think there are some management issues that are going to continue to be in play. I don't know how I feel about Dardock. I, I will say that Dardock made what I thought was a, a pretty emotionally mature decision and showed something that I don't think Gilius has showed for, uh, you know, the comparison that's been made between those two players, which is that he took time, stepped back on Academy and tried to focus specifically on being a better teammate and being a better leader. How successful he will be is unclear, but it is clear that he had enough introspection to realize that taking a step back would be best for himself and his teammates. Um, so I, I give him a lot of credit uh, for that. And I do think that that's going to help. I do think Kabi is really good. I think he's better than Sven. Uh, so I think that it's great Certainly in his current that. form, in both players' current forms, yes. So I, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a better, more talented team. I think that, is it enough that it's going to get them to Worlds? It's possible. I think the question is whether you believe that the infrastructure is going to be in a position to help these guys succeed, uh, and whether you believe that Dardock is now a more... I don't want to quite use the word reformed because I don't think, you know, purely toxic is the best way to describe him, but certainly someone... Uh, if you believe that he put in that time in, in Academy and really became the guy that he was hoping to become when he took that step back to learn those other skills, then I think they have a very good shot at being a top three team. Uh, right now, I would Fair consider enough. them, uh, I think they should be a top three team. If they aren't, then I hope Team ESM realizes that the only path forward will be larger structural changes. But we'll have to see. Well, don't give away your uh, your power rankings uh, a week early, Chase. Let's let's talk about another team that, that has a long history of uh, at least relative success in North America. And that's going to be Cloud9, because that's where Sven is going. Uh, this team has also made a couple of other changes. We got Blabber back in. For Sven Skarin, um, obviously, you know, Sven is, I think, the big the big guy on the docket right now. Um, with Sneaky kind of taking a step back there, the last OG Cloud9 um, Quantit gaming player, if you will. If anyone rem if anyone else remembers 2013 or 2012 or whenever the heck that was the Hell name. Hell yeah, 2013, um, my dude. The season yeah, two. Yeah, jeez. They rolled over everybody, including my, my It's lovely... the end of an era, man. Yeah. It really is. It's, I mean, it was the end of an era like like three seasons ago, but like Sneaky, Sneaky hung around for a long time. Like he got his own spinoff show. He was the Joey of this friends. Oh God! Uh, let's let's hope for a better uh, career for him now that this is done than Joey. That <laughs> he's already on. got a better career. Have you seen his Patreon? Come on. Yeah, no, he's doing great for himself. And I, I think you know it's one of those things where I, I do want to just make 
clear that when we say he stepped back, uh, he has said that this was not his choice. Uh, I don't think that this is something where he was ready to go, which is surprising to me because it seemed like he was in a position where he should be ready to go. Like, I think this is... This makes sense at this point in his career. I think that while he still could be a, a top tier bot, like, you know, a top 10 bot laner, I think he's good enough he, to be he, in the LCS. He could still be an LCS starter. But Absolutely. I, but I don't think that, he, I, I think that he's peaked. I don't think we've seen anything that he's added to his skill set over the last three years. I think he's the same guy that he's been. And in North America, that's enough because North America isn't all that good. But, you know, I, I think that he has a, a lot going for him. He's a great streamer. Uh, he's got all his cosplay stuff. He's got a great girlfriend in a relationship that seems to be going very well for the guy. Like, I I think that he's going to be just fine. Um, but I, it is an important kind of distinction there. D is Sven going to be fine? I, eh, I don't... I don't know. I don't... That's, that's about the only sound I think you can make, to be honest. It's there. There's a lot of question marks around around this squad and what they're going to do. And it's not, it's not just Sven in the bot lane too. Like there's also Vulcan joining him with Sazel being out. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, you know, a whole other thing where you look at the, the biggest problem probably is going to be the shot calling. Uh, because I do think that when you look at this team and how they've operated, it's been Sven Skarin and it's been Zazel. And that's what they've really taken credit for is, is those two being in sync and being able to, uh, empower their teammates. Certainly Blabber is a type that uh, is aggressive and willing to make decisions, but he's also a type that can overextend and be caught out. And so you need a voice reining him in. Is Vulcan going to be that voice? Is he going to be the one in charge of shot calling? Or are they going to try to give the shot calling to someone that's been in the Reaper system longer, like a Blabber, like a Niski? I, uh, I, I, I don't say, know. I think it comes down to how well you trust Reaper. Like, you know, and I do what, what trust is he going Reaper. to do with this team? Despite what uh, a very passionate Cloud9 fan uh, who will claim uh, that I am, I, I make him out to be too bitter than he is. But uh, is I think this is, is this somebody good. who asks a lot of questions in our old Q&A? Yeah, might. Yeah, he might write okay. for, for Unicorn News or something. Um, this is like the podcast version of a, of a subtweet. Oh, it's not a subtweet. It's his tweet. That's a straight up. He's, he knows who he is. Uh, <laughs> this is look, I, I think Rebirth is a very good coach. And I, I think they have a very good uh, support staff. I think that they do things the right way. I think they'll figure it out. I think that spring might be a little rough. I think it might take time. And I think that we're used to Cloud9 being able to make adjustments right away. And so people might be scared off by that. And I think Cloud9 fans have not necessarily been the most patient historically. Uh, no, sh no shade, but you know. We know how online fan bases can be sometimes. Uh, yeah, be they're patient. not the worst. They're not the, they're, they're not the worst as far as they go. They're not the worst. They're not the best. We could trust in the system, guys. Uh, Reaper's a good yeah. coach. He's won his coach of the split award in the past for a reason. You guys have a lot of yep. talent. You'll be fine. Just so give uh, us a couple a, a couple of other things that I want to go over here. I don't want to get deep into rosters everywhere. I I I am I am as somebody who who spent part of his uh, freelancing this last year uh, covering the OPL. I am a little bit excited that there's uh, an increased interest in uh, OCE players uh, coming to the LCS because obviously the rule change that Riot implemented uh, relating to uh, Academy stuff helps them, but not necessarily on the LCS. And despite that, it is still exciting to see someone like Ryoma getting picked up. I know this was uh, this was kind of a, a Papa Smithy special to 100 Thieves. I don't want to get into details about that now because I know we both have our opinions on it and I want to save it for the power rankings. 
let's talk a little bit about just the team changes as well, Chase, because obviously uh, Optic uh, gets turned into Immortals. Uh, Clutch Gaming gets turned into Dignitas with their new weird owl logo. And Evil Geniuses comes in with no logo at all, just the word. And everything else about their branding I like, but why? Why have they chosen this as a logo? Well, I can tell you why. And it's because a group of venture capitalists bought out the rights to the Evil Geniuses license and took over the company. And they realized that their investors really wanted a new launch for a new era. And so they realized that they needed a logo to celebrate this new launch for a new era of Evil Geniuses. And so they picked something instead of going with what had any sense of legacy for the org because they don't have any attachment to the orgs they're just some venture capitalists who invested in it uh they created a logo that uh meets all of the tech guy stereotypes for a bold new look into the future and if it was a company logo it would be fine but as a team it looks stupid and uh as a failure to recognize the legacy of the organization they bought uh is disappointing uh you can kind of tell where I stand on these kinds of things. I, I think it was... I, 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 I don't even think it's a good company logo. Like, it's literally the words, but the V is too big. It's like they paid an intern five bucks an hour to come up with it. It's... I mean, I you see logos like this approved all the time, though. I, I agree. I don't like it. And, and to be how fair... Did, how did Riot approve this? I mean, I don't, it's not offensive. It would be hard for Ryan to come up with grounds. But I mean, I will say, no, they, they I don't, I don't say, mean offensive. I mean, I mean, purely on terms of it just, it, it's, I, I, like, I've seen Ryan turn down logos mean. for being too lame. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say, I didn't know how much they would do that, but I guess that's fair. I, yeah. I, I mean, at the end they, of the they day. They do have sole discretion. They, they do have sole discretion as the, as the arbiters of the league. But like, it's just, there's so many things you can do with EG, if, even if you don't want to do the classic logo, which by the way, in my opinion, was just fine. Yeah, I, look, Ugh. it's like when, uh, you know, all these billionaire NFL owners convinced the, the city that they need to build a new stadium because it's been a few years rather than just keep the one that's working just fine and maintain it. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Shout out to San Diego for telling the Chargers to pound sand. Yeah, no, that turned out to work well for you guys. Uh, turned out. Well, it did because now, now you know, we don't have to deal with them, and they are now the uh, the uh, the second best team in LA, <laughs> and the one that is cared about maybe fifth compared to other college. And teams I there. and I have no qualms about being a full on Broncos fan. Yeah, I do want to say I want to give uh, Evil Geniuses a slight amount of credit. The organization has said that they're going to change the logo into something that's a little bit closer to. Thank the you. original logo. So they have acknowledged that they may have uh, screwed up on that one. Uh, and this is an interim logo. Good. Let's give some credit yet. to someone who nailed the rebrand. Golden Guardians. Well done. Yeah. Great yep. logo. Yep. Great I really presentation. Like I love that they did a big oh, the thread. The suits and everything too. It looks great. That's everything you want. And I really love that they took the time to explain each part of the logo and the jersey and how it symbolized what they were looking for and connected to the Golden Guardians brand and the overall vision. What it is is they gave a shit, and that's really nice. Sometimes it's just really nice to see someone care and put in that extra effort to keep fans and, and people in the loop and show that they really thought this through. It was a very thoughtful rebrand and it you can tell and how well it came together i i like the golden guardians as an organization i think they do a great job on a lot of things um from a structural standpoint it's unfortunate that their roster isn't very good but you know hey hey hold on hold on shout out 
at least for the brand consistency, they got golden glue in the mid lane. That's true. Not they, only are they keeping it local, yeah. but they're they're playing to the, they're playing to the branding. Young talent, golden glue, but a but a great academy mid laner to bring up. Oh, you know? compared to Froggen, I know, I know, he's a I baby know. by comparison. I mean, honestly, uh, only by like a yeah. I, look, it's it's. We, we'll get into it more on the power rankings, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I will right, say, we should, we should probably shout cut out to this my boy short. Closer. He's good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I'm saying don't sleep on Golden Guardians. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyways, we should, uh, before we discuss the greater structural changes in LCS and move on to other news, we should take ourselves a quick break, shall we? Sounds great. Okay, let's talk about Blue. Here at the GGWP, we use Blue microphones on every episode. And I gotta say, they are so easy to use and they sound great. That professional audio quality you're hearing right now, that's a Blue microphone. Their Yeti USB mic is the internet's most popular microphone. And they have a full line of premium headphones that deliver amazing sound with a unique and super comfortable fit. Blue's award-winning products help countless podcasters, musicians, YouTube creators, and Twitch streamers find and amplify their voices. Learn more about Blue at bluedesigns.com and use the code GGWP in their web store for a 20% discount at checkout. All right, we are back after the break, and uh, it's time to to wrap up this uh, little esports train and talk a little bit about a couple of structural things that have happened. The LCS did announce uh, this past week that there were going to be some format changes, and some pretty interesting ones at that. First off, the playoff system has now changed, and it much more closely resembles the double elimination that we find over in the LEC. But, Chase, I know there are some nuances here. Do you want to try and spell those out for us? Yeah, so the one big difference between the LEC and the LCS that I think makes it make a lot more sense is that the LCS is going to run uh, essentially on uh, something similar to the almost the NFL, but with a slight inverse. So instead of what we see in the LEC, where the three seed plays the six seed, and then the four seed plays the five seed uh, in the opening round, instead, in the top half of the bracket, the one seed will play the four seed, and the two seed will play the three seed. So what changes there? Well, what changes is that the top four teams actually have to compete against each other for the right to stay in the winner's bracket. This essentially makes it what we see in the Dota International, where in the group stage it sorts out which teams go to the loser's bracket and which teams start in the winner's bracket, and then you play your way down. So this essentially becomes a double elimination for the top four teams in the purest sense of that term, while the five and six seed automatically start in that second seeding. It's basically, yeah, it, it, we stole the international, which by the way, great format. 100% in on stealing more ideas from the international. It's a really fun tournament. Um, and I know it seems like a small change, but just that not having the one and two seed automatically play each other like in the first round is great because it means that you're not going to have the finals just be a complete repeat as often. You will at least have seen them against other teams. So we'll at least have seen some positives from each side rather than having them just play two series where it's both against each other. And you get the benefit of the three seed and the four seed could potentially play their way up and surprise people. And they do deserve that second shot. Uh, if we're going to give double elimination to people, 
Uh, we shouldn't do it for just the top two teams and just that one match. Uh, this works. This is a, a solid format that I really hope that Europe takes on. If you don't like double elimination and you don't like the international, you're going to look at this and feel uh, frustrated because Riot has avoided it for so long and it seemed like they were going to continue to avoid it. To me, this is a blessing. This is what I've wanted to see for a while. Uh, I will take it every step of the way. Well, glowing endorsement from you. I don't think uh, Riot could ask for a whole lot more. Now, there's another side to this announcement, right? The, uh, the, the schedule for the LCS Spring, at the very least... Uh, has been released and it includes games on Monday night. Yeah, here's my heel Monday turn. Night League. So this stupid. Is, this is your NFL. So stupid. <laughs> I hate it so much. Why are uh, you copying the NFL? You don't. There is nothing about the LCS that says that this is a good idea, a transferable idea that can work. Like, you can't tell me that you don't stream during weekdays anymore because the audience wasn't there and then stream two games on Monday. That's not how any of this works. Why is it that you think that Monday... It is Monday night. But who, it is Monday who night. cares? What makes Monday night better than Friday night? What makes Monday night matter at all outside of the fact that in, the, in North America we have a tradition for it for the NFL for years? It, it literally only exists. There's no evidence that says that people are going to want to watch that esports spot on Monday. And it's it's going to be just... Uh, mm, mm. It, it, it doesn't add up to me. Because you know what? I, I don't have as strong of an opinion as you, but Here's I'm where it that. ultimately comes down to. If you're willing to spread the broadcast out to four days, where's our best of threes? Do you want us to take you seriously? Do you want us to believe that you actually want to improve? That you want to address the problems of North America? And you are willing to expand the schedule and you're still wait, keeping wait, it to best wait, of wait, wait. Chase, 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 mm. Chase, here's the problem I have with best of threes. Do you really want the season to be filled with what we saw between IG and Fun yes! Phoenix? Absolutely, okay. yes. Okay, all right. I just wanted you to say that. Yeah, let's roll in the mud. Let's go. I'm in. Oh. I, I, you know, look, I... I just, I don't understand it. I think that there are other ways in order to market this. And I, I mean, look, we'll see. We'll see if it proves me wrong. I just don't think a league audience has any attachment to an NFL audience uh, overall. Well, and I don't think that you want to compete against the things that are going to be airing on Mondays in general in sports. And I guess if you do, like... It's Monday. That's on average the lowest viewership for esports stuff, no matter what event. I it think is. this. I think this is a gamble for Riot, and I, I get what you're saying when it comes to the NFL and the competing with sports. But who is the target audience here? It's going to be NA fans, so people who live on this continent that we are both currently recording from, which is something I couldn't say last year at all. Uh, and it's it's on a, it's it's a school night, right? It's going to be fans that are that are either in school. Or young adults who have jobs who are coming home from those jobs on Monday, they're probably just like, man, screw Mondays. Mondays are the absolute worst. And if they're not NFL fans, and also this isn't really relevant for most of the league season because the league season will end when the NFL season is really kicking off, right? Uh, then you've got then you've got a, a a time slot that could work once the weekend is over. Oh wait a minute, the most hype league games are happening on Monday night. Okay, let's tune that in, and, and you know, therefore, like it doesn't doesn't suck so much that the weekend is over. I think that's the bet Riot are making. I'm not saying it's going to pay off. What I'm saying is I think it's an interesting bet. 
And I don't think it's as bad as you might think in terms of what they're going to be up against competition-wise. It certainly is going to alienate any non-North American time zone viewers. Yeah, that's not Because great. it's impossible for Europeans to watch this. Man, it's, um, it's okay. because the exact gripe I had about the Overwatch League last year. Yeah, cause it's, it's, but it's fine, though, because Riot hasn't been stressing this North America versus Europe thing and all this West is best angles that would have a sizable European audience that would want to tune into those <laughs> games. Oh, wait, all of those things are true, huh? I, look, I, yeah. here's the thing. I, I, and, and I, I'm coming off do, more negative Do you people watch, though? That's the thing. I don't know if you people you, you people were going to watch to begin with, at least not in mass. I mean, to be fair, they probably shouldn't. It's not compared to what they're getting in other places. Shade. I, the shade is being thrown. You're not wrong, though. Yeah, look, I... At the end of the day, I think that... It, It'll probably be fine. It's change for the sake of change. It's a new thing that they can announce. Look at this cool idea we're doing. They try it. If it doesn't work, they'll back off of it within a week. And I guess that's or within a, a, a just year. Just like Evil Genius's logo. And it and I guess that's fine. It's fine. It just it's change. It, it's one of those things where I think why it bugs me is that it is emulating sports for the sake of emulating sports. I have not heard a single other reason why they would pick Monday night and why they're branding it the same way that you would brand Monday night football, except that Monday night football exists. And I don't think that Riot has to copy traditional sports in order to do what they want to do. And I don't know why they think it would work when the last time they tried to emulate traditional sports, people tended not to care for it very much. So what, you're talking primetime league or I mean primetime league, but also uh, remember when we had best of twos in Europe because Europe likes ties like that didn't yeah, go well, over I, great. I, I think that was just a poorly informed attempt. Uh, but speaking of European sport, I do think there's potential for spreading it out in a in a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for in a in a non-uniform way. I wouldn't mind watching more like Premier League spots as in like big, big LCS games on NA evenings or or maybe occasionally a morning, like in different times of the week spread out over the course of it, uh, a, la, a la soccer. Um, but I don't know if there's as much, uh, you know, that maybe, maybe, I, maybe I like that and I can digest that because I've lived in Europe for five years, but I don't know if the wider audience would. I, I, I trust that Riot has done some research on this. The question is, is it been enough research to show that this is actually going to work? And we will find out. We'll find out. I'd, yeah. lo I'd love okay. to be wrong. We'll see. Hey, it, it'd, be, it'd be great because then I can needle you on the podcast. But anyways, let's move on out of the league bubble and talk about something that I know you will you will have nothing but positivity about. And this is Overwatch. Uh, because <laughs> there's there's a, a couple a couple news things. We'll start with the smaller one, but probably in some ways more distressing. Um, a report came out this past week from Dot .esports... No, uh, noting that Blizzard have been reputedly months late, and in some cases more than that, with payments for their contenders players. Uh, this is, I tweeted about this last week. Th this is this is not good. This is really not good. It's one thing when a tournament organizer that's a third party does it. That's still bad. It's still not a great look. But when the publisher is not paying the players of their second tier league on time of their second tier of their flagship esport on time blizzard c come back to us please what are you what are you doing oh man well you know the good news is they've just they've handled 
sensitive situations like the Blitzchunk stuff so well that we have reason to believe that they'll knock this one out of the park and really handle it properly. God, it's just, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, uh, won't get fooled again. Isn't that the can't fool the fooler? What was the, the George Bush quote? It really, I, I, I just, I, how many times? You know, you know it's taking a dark turn when we're quoting George Bush. How many times do we have to see this? How many times before we take Blizzard at who they are? How many times before we finally accept that Blizzard is a company that right now seems to be in a little bit of turmoil? It seems like a lot of people associated with the Overwatch League are now leaving, specifically citing the creative direction of the league. And that, we're talking that is about our a other point that, of news. Yeah. And, and remember that this is a league that six months ago we saw Nate Nanzer right before the biggest transition period possibly in esports history into a city-based league internationally that we have never seen anything like before left before this move in order to go take over for Fortnite, which when Fortnite esports seems like the, the more uh, fun play, it says something. I, I, I just, I, I think that there is a, a pervading feeling that... Nate Nanzer was this architect, was a guy that all these investors could believe in, who could bring a lot of people to the table and have people understand what the Overwatch League was capable of. And ever since he's left, it seems like we're seeing more and more votes of no confidence. And we haven't seen anything from the larger company of Activision that tells us that they're going to be super sensitive to these kinds of things and necessarily make the right call and be willing to spend up to potentially fix some things that are wrong. And oh, by the way, while all of this is happening, they asked for $25 million for a Call of Duty League franchise bid that is also going to be city-based this year that also seems to have some big issues specifically about how all of this is going to be organized uh, and was late in telling teams whether or not they were even going to be in the league so they weren't able to release certain players in time, which has led to a weird talent spread. So, you know, I just... I have concerns. First, I have concerns of 2020. I have concerns, Blizzard. That uh, was that was three of them all at once, too. I'm that is very impressive. I have um, a lot of yeah, concerns. The, the first, the first, the first I have concerns award goes to Blizzard in 2020. Great. Yeah, this is this is. I, I also have concerns. I I don't know what Magical would say right now, but he would probably just be like nodding and saying yes and saying this is the opposite of Big Brain. I his. His absence is missed. Get well soon, Magical. We miss you, buddy. Um, but let's talk about the people leaving, because it's, it's a lot of big names, and they've been trickling in ever since the first big announcements, which started with Monte Cristo, um, who, you know, is rumored to be talking with uh, Blast Pro Series and, and other CSGO tournament organizers. You know, no word on, on what's going on there, but Monty definitely wants that idol for a while. Doa um, also is leaving. They're going separate ways, which is probably one of the biggest surprises, because those two have been casting together for a long time. Uh, I think she's maybe near a decade, if if not that. Uh, Semler, speaking of CSGO talent, um, who was one of the biggest profile signings to the Overwatch League as talent a couple years back, is going to be going. Uh, Malik is going to be gone as well. I, I don't know if there's any other big names that have that have dropped off since. Um, I've read those, but those are those are the four that, that off the top of my head I have. Um, and if they, of course, they're starting to bring up more talent that they had in contenders. I think ZP is going to be moving in, so good for him. That is well-deserved, but it, when there's turnover on this level in terms of the talent, that's also 
an alarm bell that should be ringing in conjunction with everything else that is going on uh, with with Blizzard right now. And it's it's it was already gonna be a make or break year for Overwatch League. It's definitely leaning towards break, and uh, all I can say is we will see what happens. Yeah, I I think uh, it's great for CS:GO. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, are, are looking to, to move back to that game that had previously been on that game, or even Monty, who I don't. Think I've been wanting to cast CS:GO forever, man. Yeah, I got I got to do a taste of it last year. It was great. Well, and you've got uh, a whole bunch of franchise story. leagues that are trying to come in, uh, which go. is going to be helpful. So I, I think that there are a lot of reasons to, you know, the, this talent's going to land on their feet. You know, this was part of the draw of the Overwatch League originally. Oh, the talent's going to be fine. They brought in the best of the best. And now all of the best of the best are saying, I don't want to be a part of this. And that doesn't seem great. I don't know. Seems like a bad, when all these people that have been experts and have been around the scene for forever and have this love for it and a lot of experience and an understanding of what works and what doesn't all want to leave at the same time. I don't know. It's almost like there's a trend or something. It's almost like that people who are most involved in the project have a lot of reasons to be concerned about its direction. I don't know. Uh, what are the odds? What could possibly go wrong? Uh, Never tell me the odds, Chase. Um, well, we got we got a little more news to cover. We, we we're we're getting to the home stretch here, so let's let's talk about it. Um, we'll go back to positive, happy, happy things because uh, we do have some stuff we wanted to to catch up on from 2019 since we were off the air for a few months. Uh, let's let's talk about the good things that have been that have been happening in terms of uh, at least Riot here has some exciting stuff. They, according to a, a post just after the new year from Dot Esports. They led all of the Twitch channels in total hours watched back in 2019. Riot had a banner of a year, uh, and, and that was just League of Legends. I mean, now that all the other games they have there announced, what the what esports scenes come up on there, this is exciting times for them, and I think for esports in general. That viewership is kind of hitting all time highs in some places. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been wonderful to see, and I think that uh, Riot has done a very good job of. Uh, continuing to market the game uh, and really uh, building a community that uh, is still engaged all across the world. Um, obviously, Chinese viewership is going to be great, but this is Twitch viewership, and it's amazing to see Western League continuing to make an impact. I think, you know, yeah, you have to look at this in its own context, right? Riot has much longer seasons than a lot of these. You know, if you were to look at CSGO, you know, you're spreading out the views hey, among many Maybe that's different... the answer, though. I That's mean, the thing. It's, it's a benefit of the strategy. Just because it's apples to oranges doesn't mean apples taste better. Or they don't. I don't know. I was going somewhere with that metaphor, but you got me. Yes. Uh, I get, I, yeah, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> look, it's... Um... Thank you. Thank you. You didn't have to say that, but I appreciate it. Moral I, support. Look, I got your back, buddy. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're in this together. I, I am very excited for where the viewership numbers are, and I'm very excited. I'm just going to preempt you here because, it, it, to me, it's tied in. Esports industry had its first billion dollar year in 2019. Uh, huge growth if you compare it to um, where we were in 2016. Not a huge necessarily uh, a huge leap between 2018, but certainly a, a you know significant enough that's a big milestone to hit. Uh, and we're currently on pace to hit uh, one uh, you know 1.6 billion uh, as soon potentially as 2021, uh, as far as like overall growth. Uh, it's huge to see, and it's awesome to see that these investors are 
understanding the value that this industry potentially has, that they're seeing, um, that they're seeing how this could all go down. I, I hope that we as an industry are smart enough to realize that those headlines, while great, do not replace long-term stability. That you can look at these numbers and be proud of them and still put them in the proper context rather than just use that million dollar, $1 billion price tag as the one number to throw to people. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm very optimistic by what we're seeing. Uh, I just hope we continue to build on it the right way. Absolutely. I think that's the best way to look at it going forward. Even, even cautiously optimistic might even be a, a good way to put it. But it's only good news for the esports industry as a whole. And I think that's uh, something that we definitely want to start 2020 on. But let's close it out with something that was a little bit more fun, lower stakes, all that other good stuff. This last weekend, we had awesome games done quick. And I know, Chase, you had a lot of fun watching that stream. Do you want to talk about some of the highlights, some of your big uh, moments that you really enjoyed? Oh, my God. I mean, there, the two, uh, there are so many great moments. But the two best ones to me, uh, two guys on one controller beat Punch-Out blindfolded. That's absurd. Um, and they beat it in 29 minutes. I don't think they even lost a boss fight. Uh, never seen anything quite like that before. Speedrunners are crazy, man. I like, I, I cannot even sometimes watching it. It's just like, how do you, how do you memorize all of these things? How do you actually do this? Yeah, Ugh. it's it's a whole yeah, it's a whole thing, and I can't believe that they're able to pull it off as well. I the the and but but also like I love there was a really close uh, Super Mario Maker two race with a whole bunch of different YouTubers and. Uh, speedrunners and it was a really fun set of levels really creative uses of of the new uh link sword that was added and everything else um so we'll uh we'll see how all that goes i i really love agdq i think they do a lot of cool stuff every year it's a great cause uh speedrunning is awesome and you guys should check out h bomber guys speedrunning is awesome and here's why video if you haven't already um, or you should check out Summoning Salt's History of Speedrunning. Link in the description? Yeah. Link will Pyra in... do it? We'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fun. Uh, well, you know what else is awesome, Chase? Yeah. Well, I don't All mean, the yeah. listeners. Yeah, okay, cool. You I... guys are the best. You guys and gals, everybody. Thank, thank you. Thank you all for listening, by the way, and for supporting us continuing into 2020. We know it's been a bit of a drought. Uh, we're really excited for what is coming down the pipe in, in, in this year in terms of content. And we hope you uh, enjoy along with us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Lots of fun plans coming up in this year. Uh, and of course, lots of fun stuff uh, coming down the pipeline for uh, my lovely site, Unicorns. So you should stay tuned to that as well. Shill, shill, shill. Got to get that bread somehow, baby. All right. On that note, we are going to go ahead and call it an episode. This has been episode 27 of the GGWP. I am Pyrotechnics on behalf of myself, Chase, and Magical. Get well soon, buddy. Thank you all for listening. And Chase, say goodbye, Jen. Goodbye, Jen. <laughs> <laughs>